This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, it's Ryan here, host of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast, where I get to have conversations with some amazing people from all over the world who have stories to share, experiences we can learn from, and knowledge in areas we can use and apply to our lives to make us better and happier people. Each episode has a different topic, but all geared towards helping us along our own pursuit of happiness and helping us understand this journey we call life just a little better. We'll touch on everything from mental health to nutrition, diet, fitness, travel and adventure, relationships, and much, much more. Along this journey, I'll also experiment and apply some of the advice and information from my conversations to see how it affects me along my own pursuit of happiness and then report back to you all. Now, don't forget, if you enjoy this episode or any other episode, take a moment to subscribe, leave me a rating and a review. It's greatly appreciated and while also helping get these great conversations to even more listeners. On that note, welcome to episode number 41, where I get to sit down with television host, adventure guide, and content creator, Jack Stewart. Now, many of you may know him from the TV show, Rock the Park. That's how I was first introduced to Jack. I've been watching the show nonstop, honestly, the last few months, and I was introduced to this a few years back by my dad, and we would sit down and occasionally watch shows, and I'd be so jealous of what Jack and his buddy Colton got to do. And uh, just a few weeks ago, I was watching an episode as I'm getting ready for my trip to Alaska, as they have a lot of shows up in Alaska. And I came up with the idea is why don't I just try reaching out to Jack and see if he'd be on my show? He is literally the epitome of pursuing his own happiness, so much so that he currently has a vlog called The Pursuit Is Happiness. And yes, that is the line I let off when I first contacted him. But honestly, it made so much sense for me to have him on this podcast. I am so happy he said yes, because his story is so awesome. It is so perfect for this podcast, and it's not every day you get to talk to an Emmy Award winner. So if you've ever seen his show Rock the Park or wonder how somebody gets to be on television and travel for their career... We talk about that in depth and everything in between, such as his favorite places to go, where he'd love to go back to, his most dangerous encounters with wildlife, and what place has eluded him so far. As you can imagine, for somebody that travels the world for their career, his stories are incredible. And one thing I always wanted to ask about was about the camera crews that travel with them. So we get a behind the scenes look on how shows like these are filmed. I also love that Jack got really vulnerable and honest with me about his battle with anxiety and depression and mental health. I can't thank him enough for bringing that up as he had some amazing and incredible advice and how nature has helped him deal with that. And before we get this conversation started, I checked out his The Pursuit Is Happiness vlog and noticed he had a video 
of him proposing to his girlfriend. So I had to ask him about taking that video and how they met considering he travels so much for his career. So we get into depth about his relationship and how it's grown. And I ask him all the questions about the proposal video. So go check that out. But it was really fun to hear from Jack about the process of the proposal. I honestly love when I get to sit down with super friendly and very genuine people like Jack is. He's just someone you root for. And I'm super happy for him that he found the girl of his dreams so they can go rock the park together. So without further ado, here is Jack Stewart. Hello. What's up? I got to ask you, how many times do you get asked if you're Aaron Rodgers? Too much. (laughs) All the time. And everyone always thinks they're the first person to notice. Like, they're like, I don't know if you've ever gotten this before. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) You um, Can you, like, uh, pull a voodoo on him and make him go to the Broncos, please? I don't know if you watch football at all, but please. I'll do my best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That That would be amazing. So, Jack Stewart. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, thanks for joining me on my pursuit of happiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I love it. I love the title. It's great. <laughs> the pursuit is happiness is your vlog, um, which yes. I've been watching a lot recently. Awesome stuff. I love it. And I know you from Rock the Park, an Emmy winning sh- uh, award show. Do you have the Emmy and where is it located? You know what? I do have the Emmy. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of sad. So I moved out of the apartment that I've been in for the last like eight years just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm in transition because I'm I'm getting married. Uh, so the Emmy is in public storage right now. <laughs> but it does exist and it's coming back out very soon. That's awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations on both of those big accomplishments. Thank you. Emmy Thank you so and much. the engagement. I was watching the video the other day. I'm going to ask you some questions about that, but that I honestly thought was wonderful. Good for you both. Uh, thank you. Awesome. I'm happy Appreciate for you. It. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I know you and a lot of listeners probably know you from Rock the Park. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that, but sure. uh, first and foremost, well, where are you located right now? Where are you living? So I'm in Los Angeles um, right now. I'm, I'm, you know, living the dream, uh, you know, crashing at my sister's place, <laughs> my, my baby sister's place. No, yeah, I'm in, I'm in LA. I've been in this area for the last uh, 10 years, actually. And yeah, with all the big transitions coming, you know, happening right now, mm-hmm. uh, getting some good quality time with, uh, with the sister who's also engaged, actually. So that's wonderful. Who's this first? Uh, who's getting married first? You know, I, I am. Yeah, nice, we're, nice. We're, we we have a little bit. We're we're trying to get added sooner. You know, theirs is in like a year. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad COVID is kind of uh, receding, I guess, a little bit. So hopefully that's helping make things totally. easier, visitors and all that. But absolutely. I know you say you're living the dream, and you were kind of laughing, but honestly, you kind of are to many many people, yeah. and you know it. And yeah. it's one of the main reasons I wanted you on obviously the, the pursuit of happiness and your is the pursuit is happiness. It makes honestly, besides the title, so much sense to have you on this because we're going to talk about how you got to live the life you're currently living that so many people see and envy and just don't know how to get started or, or what to do to get there. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
So let's kind of go ahead and get started with it. Where did this love for the great outdoors come from that you have? Yeah, so my my family, my parents especially, really instilled this love of nature in us uh, at a pretty young age. We've always had this cabin in northern Minnesota that was built by my great-great-grandfather in 1936, actually. Wow. And so we always would go up there, but what really did it was when my parents decided to take us on a road trip out west to Yellowstone National Park, when I was, I want to say I was probably like seven. Um, and that was the first time I saw mountains. I saw all this crazy wildlife. And I remember like something just was ignited inside of me where I just like, I, I saw a mountain and I knew I wanted to, to hike to the top of it. And then from there, it just, I couldn't get enough. And that's really led me to, really try to spend as much time in those places as I possibly can. Now, Minnesota is actually one of the places I really want to go to still. I have, it's on my bucket list. Um, do they have mountains up in Minnesota at all, especially in Northern? No, there aren't mountains. You know, we, we have, we boast Eagle mountain, which is our, our highest point. I think that's a solid thousand feet above sea level. Oh, wow. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. no, not, not really any mountains, but incredible forests, tons of lakes, beautiful wildlife, and an incredible wilderness. I was actually up at our cabin um, last week, and it, it, it's incredible how, you know, how out there you really are when you start to get into the north woods of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Incredible um, scenery and, yeah, tons of animals, and you can just really get away from it all. So Minnesota's got a lot to offer, just no mountains. Sadly. How far is that from the Canadian border where the cabin is? I want to say it's probably only like an hour and change oh, wow. like from the border up there. Yeah, it's it's pretty far north. That's got to be a beautiful time to go now because I imagine the snow starts coming within like a few months and then uh, you never know what you're going to get, right? Yeah, well, the snow will show up. Sadly, these days it comes later and later, but we've got plenty of time before the snow. The thing is, you got to battle the bugs. So there, there's always mm. something to uh, brave up there, but <laughs> it's it's always worth it. It's gorgeous. Oh, that's that's so amazing. Like I said, Minnesota is one of the places I want to go to. I really want to go check out a Twins game. I know like there's For like sure. wolf, wolf sanctuaries up in Minnesota that I really want to check out. I'm going to have to get your advice to get some uh, hikes in and stuff out, out there. For sure. One of yeah, these days I'll, I'll make it. Yeah. One of these days I'll make it. It's an easy flight. So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina right now. So it's an okay. easy flight from here. I can fly direct there. So looking nice. forward to that. Sick. Yeah. 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 Really excited. And then I saw you went to um, the university of Montana. Correct. Let's start there. How did you go there? Montana is a beautiful place, by the way. Yeah. You know, it honestly came out of that love of the mountains. I knew that when I was going to go to college, I wanted to move out West somewhere. And so I was looking between um, Colorado university of Colorado, Boulder and Colorado state. And <laughs> funny enough, I didn't get into Colorado Boulder and I remember being disappointed because I really wanted to go there. And then Montana came out of left field. A friend of mine was like going there and so I went on a trip with him to just check it out. And I ended up falling in love with the school. Mm. And I was even closer to Yellowstone and to Glacier National Park, which I'd never been to before at that point. Um, and it just turned out to be the perfect spot for me. So honestly, it came, uh, I decided to go there because I wanted to go somewhere out west near the mountains. And it turned out that they had a really good journalism program. And so 
the two kind of worked out for me and it was, I wouldn't have picked any other place to go to school. It was incredible. What town is, it's not Missoula, is it? It is Missoula. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a really cool college town. Cause a few years ago I went to Glacier and flew into Missoula and that's how I okay. got to Glacier. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a solid college experience for sure. You know, the town rallies around the, the, the school and the mm-hmm. football team and, um, you know, it, it's just got that perfect downtown area to have fun and the rivers there. And of course all the parks are there. It, it's a really solid place to go to school for sure. So cool. All right. So you went, you went to major in journalism. What was your goal when you entered school? You know, so I grew up doing, um, making movies and videos for fun. I always knew I had a talent for it. I would edit, shoot all that stuff. But for some reason, I don't know. I, I guess I was rebelling even against myself when I was in my senior year of high school. I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to do video. I'm going to be a still photographer. I'm going to be like a Nat Geo photographer. And, I, you know, I, I have a talent for shooting photos. Um, but I, yeah, I went into school with that idea to do still photography. Well, Um, So I applied to the photojournalism department. Well, as time went on, you know, I was doing these assignments and they were great, but um, I took this documentary class that we all had to take. And I ended up doing a documentary about this issue that we were having at the time, which we probably still are having up there, but where um, the food that the grizzly bears, their natural like food sources were, were dwindling up in the Yellowstone Glacier area. And I did this documentary and everyone else's was like a 15, 20 minute long documentary and mine ended up being an hour. (laughs) It electrified this passion again. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, there's something I I belong doing video. And so from there, I really decided again, like I'm going to go into television um, behind the camera, never had the idea or thought of being in front of the camera. And so graduated from college and, and moved to Los Angeles and just started getting, uh, you know, freelance gigs. And but so so anyways, I went into television that way. Okay. But what was really funny is I, I thought I was going to go, you know, this one direction, my own direction. And, uh, you know, life kind of, you know, nudged me in the proper you know, proper direction after all. So dude, that's so cool. Now, when you moved to LA, obviously that was purely for getting a job, right? And and that kind of situation. Do you feel like that benefited you quite a bit to go to LA? Yeah. I mean, I'm the type of person that look, I, I think everything happens for a reason. And so I came here to work. Yeah. In the industry. And it, it just so happened that, uh, I want to say a year maybe after I moved here is when we pitched rock the park and started doing that. And thus it made living here kind of irrelevant because I could have been traveling from anywhere. Right. But, um, but I, I've, I love, I've really enjoyed living here for the last 10 years and, um, and yeah, it's definitely grown me in a lot of ways. I, you know, not as much in my professional, uh, my professional world, but, um, it, 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 LA, you know, it, it gets a bad rap a lot of the time. And honestly, truth be told, I'm, I'm looking at my time here potentially ending soon. I don't know when, but, uh, it is a beautiful area out here. You've got so much beautiful scenery, everything from the desert to the mountains, to the coast. Um, 
And, you know, obviously with any big city, there's just so many different people here. And so you can meet some really awesome people. And I, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When we first uh, connected on this call, I wasn't expecting LA. I was expecting more of a cabin in Minnesota. Situation. I know, <laughs> you know, it, what's funny is, you know, I, I, I'm in my thirties now I'm getting married. I'm starting to see the you know, the trajectory or, you know, my priorities in life shifting where before Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, I want to be here. So when I come home, I'm having fun. You know, there's, there's good nightlife here. The, the oceans here, um, where now I would much, yeah, I would much rather just be at a cabin somewhere. So I think, I I think, you know, priorities are are shifting, but it's been a great, great spot for me. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely understandable and we'll get there, I guess, momentarily. I kind of want to go back to the timeline of you moving to LA and then what projects did you work on? And then we'll get to how you pitched rock the parks. I'm really interested. Sure. In yeah. So, um, my family, you know, has always been involved in media. My mom was a television anchor for 20 years. My dad was a TV reporter for forever. He still works in journalism. Um, she started her own, my mo- mom started her own uh, TV production company. And so it kind of has um, been the family business. And so when I got out of college, I did this like internship, which I was way overqualified for. Um, <laughs> And immediately got into it and an opportunity came up to work on a travel show, um, which I had kind of pitched in on a a few times, uh, Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmer, and it was on the Travel Channel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I quit my internship and started working freelance on uh, some of those shoots. And then from there, just different opportunities came up. I worked on a show. Uh, for VH1. I worked on a show for, um, it was called Destination America. I think that's still a network. I don't even know. So actually I'm, I'm a fan of the paranormal TV shows. I want to talk, I want to hit on that for a minute. Tell me more about what you did and if you had any experiences in like the creepiest locations you went to. Yeah. So I worked on this show called Ghost Asylum. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I I did the first season. And first of all, those guys, I had a blast with them. Um, They're still actually friends to this day. Uh, I had a great time on that show. Um, Yeah, well, you're in North Carolina. We ended up, we went to uh, one of the creepiest places was in Banner Elk, North Carolina. Okay, yeah. I know where that is? Yeah, I I do know where it is, but you have to look at a map. Yeah, well, my girlfriend went to App State. So yeah, exactly. Okay. We'll have to go Yeah, it's right near... Yeah, it's right near Boone. Well, um, the whole point of the show was we would go to abandoned, you know, mental hospitals. And so, um, and what was really funny is my job, I was a story producer. What I had to do is basically wear headphones that were, um, I I was hearing what they were filming. And I, I would have to take notes so that the editors could, you know, reference things and know when things happened. And so my job was I had to stay like a floor below uh, so I could get close enough to have reception to hear them, but not be in the way of filming. And I have to sit there and take notes. And so what that meant was I would be on a floor of the, these abandoned mental hospitals all by myself in the dark, just typing away on my iPad. And it was creepy because you know, I'd be sitting on the floor somewhere and these places are, you know, technically, you know, supposedly haunted. 
and with the with the screen all you could see is the the ipad and you're blinded by everything else you know like because it's just a light in your face um so yeah it was definitely creepy i will admit at the time i believe in all that stuff i definitely do but i wasn't too concerned i kind of got into the excitement of it um but I will say there were cre- there were some creepy moments in that episode. We actually uh, one of the one of the cast members like went nuts. <laughs> so <laughs> it was that was one of the creepier ones. I think nowadays I wouldn't be as up to uh, to do that. But yeah, it was it was it was definitely fun and and definitely creepy at times. Did that change your belief in the paranormal at all? Did you personally have any experiences, see or hear anything? I've had an experience of my own. It didn't really, it was aside from that. It, mm-hmm. it didn't change anything. You know, I, I believe in God. So like, I believe in, in spirits and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I, I kind of went into it with that in mind and uh, you know, kind of already a belief of in it. Um, it didn't really change anything. All I know is I would not be the person, um, you know, trying to interact with any sort of spirit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I give you props for just going in the first place, sit alone in the dark. I, yeah. uh, I, those, those places are cool and intriguing. That's a different level. I'm not sure I got it, the balls to do that. It is. I have learned to just, I think, cause I used to go, I still do sometimes. Like I go, I like going to some of these old hotels and places uh, when I'm traveling and staying in them and they're all, you know, technically haunted and all that stuff. I used to get a little bit of a thrill out of just like knowing I'm at a place that could be uh, potentially haunted. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays I don't want to mess with it anymore. Uh, not because I have anything bad happen, but just, I just don't want anything bad to happen. So. Yeah. But no. yeah, back in those days, I, I, yeah, I didn't care. It's, it's the thrill of it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, nowadays, yeah, it's almost, yeah, you're right. Don't mess with it. Cause you just truly don't have an idea of what you're messing with. Yeah. I just, I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> I dragged my girlfriend to the Washoe Club. If you're familiar with that, uh-huh. that's that's a little outside of um, Tahoe, Lake Tahoe area, oh, okay. Okay. and uh, it's in Virginia City, the old mining oh, town. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of the most haunted places in America. We got a tour, and she that's was cool. pretty creeped out the whole time. But yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. We enjoyed it. The tours are fun because you know it's it's history, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, exactly. I think there's a difference between, for me, I, I love going to these old places and, and learning the history and even the stories and the folklore. Mm-hmm. What takes it to another level for me is when you're trying to like, cause on these ghost shows, they're trying to like interact, you know, right. they're talking to them and all that. That's my, that's where I draw, draw the line, line these yeah. guys, days, but yeah. I get that, I get Anyhow. that. But uh, so after these shows, Tell me about this pitch to rock the park. Now it's you and Colton, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Colton, my co-host, we've been buddies since second grade. We've always, no matter what happened in our lives, we've always stayed in touch and connected. Um, So when he was young, when we were younger, his family moved a couple times and we always stayed in touch. And so that happened around college too. Um, we weren't really hanging out as much because he was doing sports and all that stuff. But I ended up um, hanging out with him right before I was going to take a 
road trip to Montana after my freshman year to see some friends. Uh, he was free. I asked him to come along. He was free and he loved it so much. He ended up transferring on that road trip. Wow. Um, so he ended up in Montana as well. And so from there, we just started exploring, um, for fun. And he would come along when I would do my school assignments just to hang out and go on adventures. And, uh, so we kept that up. Uh, and I, when I moved to LA, he moved to Arizona and he was actually training to go into the Navy and, and hopefully become a Navy SEAL. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, um, I would do these shoots where, you know, for instance, that ghost show, I was on the road for, I think two and a half months straight. Mm. Um, so you'd be gone a lot. And so when I would come home from those, um, you know, it was always fun to like do some sort of a fun trip or something. So we, we had the opportunity. We were like, Oh, let's go. Um, we were going to go to the grand Canyon. And so I drove out to, to where Colton was living in Phoenix. And, uh, we were, we were kind of like looking at the map and figuring everything out. And we decided that night before we left, uh, to switch it up and go to Zion. And, um, that trip, we decided to film it because we always would film stuff in college for fun. And uh, we decided to film it and it ended up being like a 30 minute video of our shenanigans and adventures in Zion. And I remember I was showing my mom just like I always did just for fun, the video. And she was like, you know what, there might be something to this. Like, this is a cool idea of you two guys kind of you guys exploring this park. Um, and so she, you know, she runs her own production company. She passed it along to her agents that help her pitch shows and sell shows. And she was like, I don't know, maybe this will be a web series of some sort. And the agents were like, I, this could be television. And so wow. from there, I took it upon myself with uh, the help of my brother and my cousin. And we went out and we did a few shoots uh, just shooting interviews and extra content. And I ended up editing together what we call a sizzle reel. It's basically a trailer that you use to sell shows. Um, did it all ourselves and uh, pitched it around, got a lot of no's, but then we ended up getting a yes and we sold it and did six seasons of the show. So Dude, so cool. Yeah. Man. So cool. Living the dream. Now, what year was this that you pitched it? it must have been 2012 or 13. Okay. Somewhere in there. And then how long, when did you kind of sign the contract or sell your show? When was that? I, I think that must have been 2013. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it must have been then. So then what happens after that? You sell the show. And then what, like, and where do you start and who's yeah, following so, you and all that? So I had done this, you know, I'd worked on television shows, so I kind of, I knew the drill, but it's different when you're the host, right? So yeah. like it was time to hire a crew, you know, and to get out there and hire staff and then go shoot. And, um, it was so surreal to show up, um, for our first day of filming and have all these people there, you know, to film you, you know, I'd yeah. always been behind the camera. I'd always been, you know, I had become an associate producer, but really most of my time was spent being a production assistant, you know, the low end of the totem pole. 
and now I have all these people, you know, <laughs> you know, there to film us, uh, which was really wild. And it was certainly wild for Colton because he had never done any of that. <laughs> yeah, and so, and this is yeah. your idea. This is your baby too. So that's yeah. it's not someone else's. You're not acting. This is yours. Totally. So it was just super cool. We went out and, you know, we started out in our first episode was in Alaska. We did a few in Alaska, which is just an amazing place to start. Obviously we had never been before. Who picked and that? It, Who picked where to start? Um, I think we, we did to an extent and then it, we knew we wanted to go there. And so it worked out to start there, I guess. Um, and we knew we wanted to start with something that was going to be really just jaw dropping. Um, and honestly, you know, it's one thing to go out with a GoPro and kind of film yourself. It's a whole other thing when you actually have, um, there are things expected of you. Like we had never, you know, delivered lines to camera. Like we never like talked to the viewer, like through the camera saying like, here, check this out or whatever. We'd always just goof off with a camera. Right. Um, so we had to really learn and it, I mean, it took, you're always learning, you're always growing, but it definitely took a few years to really like um, get comfortable in front of the camera and really like start to like hone those skills. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we were just kind of, we were two kids fresh out of college, just uh, trying to figure it out and we were having a blast. But you're right, like as far as I know, you're kind of like the first of its kind, right? To go to all these national parks and all these places because- you know, I yeah. started to get into it, I guess, a little more recently and you guys were, you know, kind of leading the way for me. I watch your show and it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm literally going to Alaska here in about a month, month and a half. And Sick. I watch your show and I'm like, I sit down with my girlfriend and we watch it, drink coffee. I'm like, take notes. This is what we want to see. That's sick. where we got to go. Yeah. You shape my, you help shape my trips and you, I'm, you do that for literally thousands of people. I'm sure you know that by now. Um, and I just think that's freaking incredible. And I don't know of a show that did this before you, correct? Yeah. Well, that means so much. I mean, that's, that was always the goal was to inspire people to get out and do it. And then to also, yeah, be able to help show, show you the amazing things that you can hopefully go see in person. And, uh, so that, that's incredible, but yeah, we, I mean, our whole thing was, I, I always loved the Ken Burns documentary. Um, but I, while I loved the Ken Burns national park documentary, every bit of media that surrounded our national parks was always this slow kind of, um, I liked it, but kind of boring stuff mm -hmm. that was like made for your grandparents to watch or, you know, <laughs> you to like watch, uh, you know, on, on PBS or something, not bashing PBS, but like we wanted to take these places and really inject it with like a youthful spirit and, and, and really show people like that everyone can enjoy these places. And, mm -hmm. and to your point, like this was before nature was like hip, you know, like, right. you know, now on Instagram, everyone, everyone is out hiking and they, you know, it's so popular to be out in these places at the time. Like people were like, you're what, where are you going? You know? And then they'd see it and they'd be like, wow, this is incredible. But yeah, we really were kind of, uh, it's cool. We did kind of blaze, no pun intended, blaze that trail. So no, you really did. And are you done with the series and did you hit all the parks? Sadly for now, it is on an indefinite hiatus. The, the pandemic really 
hit us hard. Um, we, our show is on ABC and it's funded through branded sponsorship. Um, it's just the way it is for these, these blocks, these educational blocks that our show was featured mm -hmm. on. I don't know why it is that way, but it's funded through branded sponsorship. And when the pandemic hit, all of these brands, Subaru was one of our big sponsors. Mm -hmm. They shut down their plants. They shut down their dealerships and they said like, we can't, we can't do this. Um, and we had that with a lot of different sponsors. And so since then we've been trying to get it off the, the ground again and haven't quite been able to, there still is hope that maybe there'll be another season. Um, but as of now it's, it's on hold, but, um, we, so no, and we, we did not get to all of them, which is, you know, it depends what your goal is. There's like six, I think there's 61 or 62 of the national parks, you know, mm -hmm. like your Glacier National Park, Yellowstone National Park. And then when you get into the national monuments, which honestly, there's some national monuments, which in my opinion are more beautiful than any of the like national park. Uh, let's let's hear one. Let's hear one. Do you have one or two? Well, there's one in Alaska, Antiochak National Monument. It's this incredible wilderness um, kind of down near Katmai National Park, but it's okay. uh, it's an incredible wilderness that very few people set foot on, set foot in. And I mean, I would say, yeah, I, I would take that over a lot of national parks. There's so many of them. Yeah, you're um, right. Because we, I was going to say a few years ago, I went to White Sands, which at the time was a national monument. True. And that yep. place is freaking beautiful. It's a national park now, but sorry, yep. keep going. It, yeah, keep going. Oh, no, exactly. So there are all of those and there's national historic sites and, and everything. And those are in the four hundreds. Uh, so there's 400 some wow. of those units. So it's, it's a lofty goal. We knew kind of after a few years that the goal had switched from go to every single one to just uh, go to as many as possible. You know? Yeah. And now, you know, you're engaged and I'm sure priorities have changed a little bit. It's probably harder to just escape and leave and, go for months at a time or you know. yeah yeah exactly it's and that's kind of how things have changed um whereas i used to i used to look at the national parks as like a checklist like a bucket mm -hmm. list we you know obviously we're having amazing experiences but the goal was like oh i want to see all of them i want to check them all off the list now what i try to do is i try to find i still try to go to new places when i get the opportunity to you know, hit the road and, and travel. Um, I'm trying to see new places, but really what I've started to do is look for my, you know, getaways, my hidden gems that are in my vicinity that I can pull off in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And, and it's kind of bringing me back to my roots because that's what Colton and I did in college. We would only have the weekends uh, because we were in college. And so we would find these places that we were able to visit um just for, you know, a day and a half, two days. And so that's what I've started to do again. And, um, and that's been really great uh, because I, I still get out, you know, once a month usually uh, mm -hmm. to go camping or, or something. So it's, I still get out quite frequently. It's just in a different fashion. Right. And that's what your vlog is all about, which is awesome because you see not just the success stories, but you do see the failures and things to learn yeah. from too, which is awesome. <laughs> I, it, it is. It also kind of sucks. Cause like I did, 
I, I've been putting together this concept of uh, this thing called the portable cabin. I love my family cabin. Um, and I just kind of realized when I was out here, I was like, I, I want something like that. But I just, you know, like, I thought, oh, maybe I can build like a little tiny home trailer thing. And I was like, I, what, who am I kidding? I can't afford to do that. And I don't have anywhere to park that. So I was like, how do I, how do I move and set up my cabin wherever I go? And so I came up with this concept of this cabin tent and then all this portable furniture and whatever. And the first video I ever did uh, and the first test, it collapses on me and it's this disaster. And of course, that's the one that has all the views. Um, <laughs> and it's not like there are a lot of views, but it clearly has more views than any of the other success stories. Mm. And I think that's just luck of the draw. I think maybe I had a good thumbnail image or something that attracts people's you know, eye or something. But I'm just like, I love that I put the failures and I would have it no other way. But you know, it, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I, I wish sometimes people would see the, the successes more than the failures, but Hey, right. that's what keeping it real is all about. It know? is keeping it real at the same time. Like you probably help other people from, you know, not having that same failure when they go out with their kids or exactly. something. So exactly. It's worth it. It's worth it. I'm wondering how long did it take to film a season of rock the park? Uh, it would take us usually we would start in July, usually right after the fourth and wrap up in like February. So it, it wow. took many months and we'd go out for a few weeks at a time and then come home for a week to two weeks. And so it was kind of that process of leaving, coming home, leaving, coming home. And yeah, it took a long time because we do 26 episodes a season. So it's a lot. Yeah. And was there like a rhyme or reason in how you chose these locations? Yeah. I mean, at first it was kind of just bucket list. It's like, what do we want to do? Um, and, uh, and then logistically speaking, you know, if you fly into one area, you want to make it worth it. So you hit other parks around that area. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, it wouldn't make sense to like, and sometimes we had to do, do this, but it wouldn't make sense to like go to Alaska, film one episode and then fly to Michigan and do an episode. So like, if right. we were going to Alaska, we we're probably going to do a bunch of Alaska episodes all at once. Um, or if we fly to Glacier, we're probably going to do a, a Yellowstone episode and a Teton episode. So um, we would come up with like, oh, we want to do this park or whatever. And then for the logistics, hit other parks that are generally within the area. Um, Who did all like the planning? I'm curious to know about that. And like, did you fly from place to place? Was there like a driver? How did you guys, you know, sleep while you were moving around? <laughs> Yeah. So at the beginning, um, we would help kind of sh show what we wanted, but then we have a staff in the office who, of producers who would, um, research this stuff and then also like get the permits that are necessary. Cause to film in the parks, you know, you have to get mm. permits and really talk to them. We were lucky. We're a few people that are allowed to film in wilderness and it was because we were doing an educational show. Wow. Um, most parks don't allow that. So we were fortunate to have that. So anyway, we'd have people planning those. And I mentioned that Subaru was a sponsor of ours um, with them in mind. It'd be, and, and just by nature of the show and what we were originally doing, the show was about being on a road trip. Mm. And so we would usually fly our crew in and either Colton or myself, we'd fly into a certain location. And from there, then we road trip to all the different episodes from there. And okay. so um, on the different shooting pods. So like I mentioned, 
you know, glacier. We'd probably all fly into Missoula or, and then I would drive from here with my car and then we do glacier and then the whole crew we'd road trip around. So it was really fun. We would, um, most of the time we were road tripping and our crew became like, you know, our good friends. And so it, it turned into just like, yeah, a big road trip. And we'd sleep in these, you know, if we weren't camping for the show, we would be sleeping in just usually these, you know, podunk <laughs> hotels in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got like your second family with you. How many people, totally. how many people were in your crew? At most at one point we had like, we had like nine people, including Colton and myself. And that was kind of crazy. And we ended up the last season only having, I think five, okay. um, including Colton and myself. So we, we, we had a lot and then we had little, and we kind of were always striking that balance between what's too many people. Cause like, the more people you add, the slower you move. And when you're trying to do things like climbing mountains and stuff, the more slim you can keep the crew, the, the, the better off you're going to be in a lot of ways, but it's nope. a balance because people need to carry gear. You know, we need to carry the gear. So it's mm -hmm. like as much as you would want less people, it's hard with all the stuff that needs to be carried around. And so so one thing I really kind of look for is on these shows a la yours and like Josh Gates expedition unknown and shows yeah. like that is like, I'm always thinking these people are filming, but you never see them, but they're yeah. like going ahead of you. Right. Like, how does that work? Do you tell them, okay, you're going to go ahead of us yeah, and yeah. like climbing up a steep freaking mountain with a camera on like, tell, totally. how does that work? Yeah. So it's, it's a whole thing, you know, we, we came up, you know, we came up with a really good formula for doing this stuff when it comes to hiking. Um, you know, we'd have, if there was something going on, they would just film us doing whatever was going on. But in terms of the hike itself, we would film a lot of these things that we call blow buys basically like, yeah, you'd send the camera, one camera ahead or two cameras ahead basically. And they would just film and then you just literally blow by the camera. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a lot of that. And then, you know, if like there was a bear or something, then they would just film us doing whatever we're doing and shoot B-roll. But some of the harder things, like the mountain climbs, it would really have to be like, uh, we'd really have to coordinate that. Um, so you'd have like, you know, one of the hardest ones we ever did, we climbed Devil's Tower in Wyoming. And um, we literally had to train for a few days. Uh, and the camera guys would have to like, train um doing what's called i think it's called jumaring where they would literally have to ascend ropes going up the the cliff side and then they're hanging out over the cliff filming you so like we would have to coordinate that so a lot of there'd be a lot of waiting like so colton and i would climb up a a pitch and then we'd have to sit there and wait for the crew to go up and then to get in the perfect position and then we would climb and so if anything here's what we always knew like if in the trip reports it says that the hike is going to take five hours we double it at least because oh, wow. okay. it's going to take us a lot longer to do it so it's a lot of coordinating and yeah like those guys totally are crazy and they, you know carrying the cameras and all that stuff and my blog actually kind of started as a behind the scenes thing so my first like season if you will or whatever you want to call it there's all that behind the scenes That's of awesome. showing the, the film crew and all that which is okay yeah, i didn't fun. see a few of those so i'm definitely gonna go back and now watch those because that's always intrigued me it's like there's it's not just you two there's also people yeah. 
you and they're not even like watching where they're going or whatever. It's like around them. They're just focused on you and with wildlife and all the crazy hikes and all that stuff you guys are doing. It's slightly dangerous, I guess. And yeah, did you, did you um, climb the Tetons? Two? Yeah, we we climbed the Grand. Yeah, dude, insane. I saw that because I went to Jackson Hole last fall, and so I was watching. Like I said, I was watching your show to kind of get an idea for what to expect. I saw you guys climb that. I was like, "Well, f that! I am doing. I'm not doing that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, that, that was, was legit. That was one of the coolest things ever, and that was kind of a full circle experience for me because I mentioned that when I was like seven, my parents took us out to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. We stayed in Jackson, and the first mountain I ever like hiked to the top of was there in the Tetons, and uh, it took it was like a seven mile excursion, which as a kid was you know we went up a couple thousand feet. It was a huge deal. So then to come and, and climb the Grand was kind of insane because that's where it all began for me so that was a a pretty cool deal was it you or colton that was like pretty nervous in one of the scenes i think it was to like kind of scurry it was yeah it was colton (laughs) for sure (laughs) but it's kind of evened out over the years now he you know he was always more afraid of heights now i'd say we're on equal playing field with that not that i've gotten more afraid but he's gotten better yeah and uh there's a point where I don't care who you are, like certain heights, you know, they're good. They're just going to make you nervous when you're like oh, God, hovering yeah. over thousands of feet, you know, and whatever. How, how so. did he get over his height? Cause I have a fear of heights when it comes to cliffs and ledges. Yeah. I, I think just doing it, you know, and learning to trust the gear, like that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Um, after a while you just, it's like, um, I don't know. What's a good analogy. Uh, well, you just learn to trust the gear, right? So like, if you're roped in, you just gotta, you know, you learn to trust that like, okay, if I fall, like this rope's got me, you know, the, the guide's got me. Uh, so you, yeah, you just kind of learn to trust that stuff. Um, and, and, and then it's also exposure as well. I think the more, no pun intended again, but like the more you're exposed to these things, you just become desensitized. So he's yeah. gotten just better over the years. I mean, props for him for like pushing through some of those situations. Cause I yeah. probably would have been on camera and be like, I, yeah, just edit me out. <laughs> you'll you'll well, see me at the that's, bottom. That's the thing. It, it's, you can't, like, that's, the, <laughs> that's the beauty of our show. It's like, and sometimes it's a positive motivator uh, to, to do the thing because yeah. uh, you never want to be that person that can't do it even though it's so relatable and like that's what makes our show awesome is like there are times where we just say like i can't do it that's what makes the show great but like it never feels good so like after a while you know like ah, you know in two weeks when i'm seeing edits of this coming out do i really want to see myself not doing it so yes, you kind yeah. of use that as motivation to that's a good forward. point now is there anything come to mind when i ask you maybe like what would be the most dangerous situation you two faced oh yeah i mean we as far as dangerous uh i mean anytime we were backpacking in alaska there's an element of danger so like um one time we were caught in a whiteout on the top of this mountain in in uh katmai national park and that was inherently dangerous because if you get injured you're 
you're literally out in the wilderness. There mm-hmm. is no like, you know, there, yeah, you got to be really prepared. Um, anytime in Alaska, we also, uh, we got, uh, we were in a cave that got flooded. Um, and so that was pretty scary. We had to like go on our backs through water um, and a tight space to get out. So that was rather dangerous. Um, and then I'll just say like, anytime we've gone like whitewater rafting through like hardcore rapids, it's fairly, it's been fairly dangerous. We did, um, it's the, uh, shoot. Oh, the green river, the green river in Utah. Um, and we were there when they had released water from the dam and the, the rapids were bigger than usual. We ended up capsizing. It was on the show. It was really, you know, crazy moment to capture on camera. Um, but the next day, unfortunately, sadly, someone passed away in the same area. Um, wow. And we've had that in other places where people um, have passed away doing things that we've done. And so you kind of, yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, these places are not, they don't guarantee your safety. And so it's always kind of managing that risk and mm. uh, doing what you can to stay safe. What's been your most, I guess, memorable um, run-in with wildlife, would you say? Um, I, what comes to mind is, re, you know, one of the more recent episodes we did on our last season we filmed, we were on horseback through the Centennial Mountains in uh, Idaho and Montana. And we were on, yeah, we were on horseback and we came across a mother and two cubs. We were actually in between them. And it was this whole standoff between the mother and us and we were on horses and they were freaking out. And so that was pretty wild. And that, again, that's all on the show. That's all on camera. And somehow we managed to, um, cause the, the horses were going nuts. They got all tangled up in their lines and our guides were able to get it untangled. And then we were able to get out of the way of the mother. And, but it was a pretty, um, pretty nerve wracking situation for sure. What did you and your crew carry as far as bear protection? Because I know my girlfriend's going to listen to this and wonder when we go to Alaska, what yes. exactly we do. We've heard the bear spray and stuff like that, but coming from an yeah. expert like you, what, what do you recommend? My fiance is terrified of bears. And so I'm trying to teach her that it's like any other thing, you know, there, again, there's a risk walking out your door, you know, and, and when you really weigh these risks, you're not, it is not very likely that you're going to be killed by a bear, right? So you just do what you can to mitigate that risk. So for us, it's always come back to bear spray. Mm-hmm. Bear spray is actually a better deterrent than a firearm, even though firearms make a lot of people feel more safe. And I, I'm not going to argue with them. Um, bear spray is something that if you blast it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to disorient the bear and and usually scare them off because they're going to be so caught off guard. And even if it doesn't, it gives you a chance to get away because it blinds the bear. So no matter where we go, bear spray is always just a good idea. Have you ever had to use it and pull it on a bear before? I have not. We've had it ready. It was ready for that encounter we had with the mom and two cubs, but we've never had to actually use it. All right. That's good. I mean, so if you guys have gone through these parks, God knows how many times, you got to figure the chances are pretty good for us. <laughs> yeah, they are. And it's just do the right thing, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Don't um, make noise coming down the trail. Uh, when you're camping, store your food properly um, and keep it away from where you're sleeping. It's, it's all these things where at the time you could look at it and be like, oh, this is so annoying, but it's, 
it is so worth it for the peace of mind. Uh, and, and then, you know, going without incident, it's just, it's worth it. So. Now, as, as far as food goes, do you have recommendation for hikers, um, for fuel, good fuel and fuel that I guess won't maybe entice wildlife or it's good to carry with you or. Yeah. It's funny when you say good fuel. I mean, we, <laughs> the good stuff is like, obviously, you know, trail mix, you know, a- a- anything that's going to give you some energy, some sugar and stuff like that. Um, what we learned after a while is our trips were always fairly short because we would only spend like two to three days filming an episode. So mm-hmm. usually when we were out in the back country, it was only for a few days max. Um, actually on the Grand, when we hiked the Grand or climbed the Grand Teton, our guides uh, said to bring something that you're going to want to eat. Like, so like a piece of fried chicken or pizza or whatever, because chances are it'll, it'll stay good, you know, for the overnight and it'll be something that you'll want to actually eat. Well, that stuck with us. So after a while, we, we used to do these like dehydrated meals and stuff like that. And sometimes there are situations that call for that where you just can't store tons of food and you want Mm -hmm. stuff that is easily to pack down, you know, easy to pack and all that. But after a while, this is no joke. We would actually just order pizzas and like put them in plastic bags and take pizza and like a lot of meats and cheeses and stuff like that out with us. Because if we're going out for just a night, I can't tell you after you've hiked your butt off all day, to know you get to camp and like, I can pull out some cold pizza or whatever, like and eat it. I loved it. So there are a lot of good things you can eat, but like we actually started doing stuff like that as the time went on and I loved it. That's awesome. I'm smiling over here too. Cause I can relate. Cause uh, I just did a hike uh, Mount Ta- Tamarack. I think it was called in Tahoe. I don't know. It took like eight cool. hours and I knew there was a tuna sub waiting for me in the car. Yeah. And I could not wait to get down to that car and be done with it. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, you might as well have something that you're going to want to eat. Yeah. Um, and, and what it really comes down to, honestly, unless you're doing really long things, um, yeah, what's going to fill you up and give you some energy and what uh, what's going to pack down? small. Mm. So for us, that was always the key. It's like, what can we pack down pretty easily? And what's going to be, what are you going to be stoked to eat? You know, Colton and I did the peanut butter sandwiches. That's actually one of our funnier stories is when we were pitching the show, we, we had this whole like budgeted list of the things we needed. And it was like peanut butter and jelly and whatever. And um, when we climbed our first mountain, we ate just peanut butter sandwiches and it was miserable. You don't want to get to, you know, at the end of your day and you're soaking wet maybe from the rain or whatever, and just be eating some crap that you're not going to enjoy, you know, like, that's a great point. We learned that. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, no, a question I I think I have to ask that all the listeners will, will want to know is of all the parks you've been to, which one, if you can go to go back to one of them tomorrow, which one it be? And the one, which one that you haven't hit, do you want to hit the most? You know, I'm really nostalgic right now for Alaska. So I, I think I would love to go back to Katmai National Park in Alaska, which is uh, on the Aleutian Peninsula. It's got, um, it's, it, it's one of the places that has the higher, concent- I think it has the highest concentration of uh, brown bears mm-hmm. in the world. Um, it's 
beautiful mountains. It's got beautiful coastline. It has this incredible place that was basically demolished by a volcanic eruption back in the day. That's just this surreal uh, place to explore and hike. Um, I just, I really miss Alaska. So I'd love to go back there. Um, to, that I haven't visited yet, I would say Isle Royal pops into my mind, which if people aren't familiar, when you look at Lake Superior, there's this big island in the middle of Lake Superior, and that's Isle Royal National Park. And it's, I think the reason I want to go there so badly is it's just one of those really hard to visit places because you mm -hmm. got to take a boat out there. And um, we never got to see it, at least for the show. Um, so I'd love to check that one out. That's awesome. I'm not sure I've heard of that, but it is really cool to go to those hard to get places. It's just so much more rewarding when you get there and knowing that totally. not as many people have been there. That's super cool. Yeah. I definitely sure. want to check that out. Now, one thing I love about you and your show is that you are clearly dog people. Um, yes. What's, what's the, I got a couple questions about the dog situation is um, what's maybe like some of the more dog friendly places that you've been to yeah. and what do you do with your dogs when you hit the road so often? Yeah. Well, what's funny is I was going to pan the camera or tilt it down. Uh, Cause for a second here, I had my new dog, um, who I just got the other day. Congratulations um, on that too. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah who I was petting. Um, yeah, I will say some of the best national parks for dogs tend to be, uh, I know Shenandoah National Park out in Virginia uh, is very dog friendly. There's a handful of others that are really dog friendly, but I have to say more often than not, the national parks aren't the best place for taking your dogs because a lot of them the dogs can only really stay in the parking lot or some of the walking trails they can't really come on the hiking trails mm -hmm. um so the national parks in general don't tend to be that dog friendly there are some that are i would say to, that the places that i think are great for bringing dogs are the national forests and uh it's called blm land bureau of land management land um they're places where usually dogs can come, they can be off leash um, and they can camp with you and all that good stuff. And so that's where I tend to bring our dogs, um, you know, when I go camping, cause they're able to kind of join you in the adventure, which is, which is really great. And a lot of times these national forests and BLM areas are right outside of the national parks. So they tend to be in just as good of scenery as, as the national parks. Um, as far as like, we, we've been, you know, I've been fortunate for the last few years. I haven't had a dog. I mean, that's not fortunate, but, uh, for my travels, I haven't had to really deal with having a dog with me or, or, or back home. Um, I had a dog when I first started rock the park and my brother ended up watching him and then I couldn't take him back because they bonded. Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't, it, it was hard to, to like, rationalize having a dog and leaving every like week you know it's just not good yeah I just I it was so hard to do that because the dog's so sad and you're sad and then you're like who's gonna watch this dog so honestly we I was lucky to not have that problem mm -hmm. for the majority of filming Rock the Park um, nowadays I have more 
you know, ability to, yeah. you know, be around for the dog, which is I, great. I mean, being an owner of two dogs myself, like it's something that I have to consider every time I go somewhere and totally. I don't travel as much as you do. So I was just curious to know about that situation. Cause I know you're a totally. dog. So yeah. You know, they're not kids, but they kind of are at the same time. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Why don't they allow dogs at national par- uh, parks? Is it because of, uh, you know, like the whole poop, pooping situation or is it like more safety against the animals or? It's a little bit of everything. So the national park, there's all these different designations of what, uh, of land and our national parks are preserved to uh, preserve the landscape as it is. And so the thought is, is that, dogs are not native to the area. Um, they can cause damage. They can ruin visitor experience if they're not, you know, handled mm-hmm. properly. It's just this, this thought that like dogs don't sadly belong there. And so uh, to protect the park and people and the wildlife, um, most of them just don't allow dogs. But the good news with that is, is like, then you can find the places, like if you are responsible with your, your dog, like the places where you can bring a dog and yeah, like I said, have them off leash, really let them like have fun. And you're not, you're also just not worrying about all these people around too, you know, and you can kind of get away from the crowds and just Mm -hmm. enjoy time with your dog. So it kind of works out both ways. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point because a lot of people, can't bring the dogs anywhere so they got to bring them with them and a lot of people just want to bring their dogs with them and have memories and you know get great photographs and stuff for them too so yeah yeah uh, there's plenty of opportunities to do that for sure no that's awesome and so speaking of like national parks and like hiking so what's been your like favorite hike and what's been would you say like the national park with the best hiking um man that's so tough uh well you know i I gotta say some of the best hiking is in glacier national park there's Mm -hmm. such a great trail system there um i I love it and i would say i i probably have to give my favorite hike to glacier as well there's this hike there called the ptarmigan tunnel trail and what it is is it it takes you and through this area called many glacier which is just the most in my opinion beautiful part of the park and you weave through the mountains, then you work your way up and then you come to this lake that's way up in the Alpine. And then you, you, you arrive at this tunnel that was chiseled out by uh, I think miners or somebody way back in the day. And you end up passing through the tunnel and then it just opens up to this whole other beautiful view that was right on the other side of those mountains. And wow. it's, it's an amazing hike. It's also very nostalgic. Colton and I would go there when we were in college and then we ended up filming there for the show a few times. And, um, it's just, it's a great hike. So glacier and ptarmigan tunnel are, are my picks. So I can actually say I've been to many glacier and we kayaked there and then we did the Grinnell glacier hike. If you're sweet. Yeah. That's a good one too. Is that right near there? Oh yeah. It's right there right totally. there okay yeah. so i guess i probably just went right by it and don't remember well they all kind of go off from that area all the different hikes in the many glacier area so grinnell goes off this way and the ptarmigan tunnel goes off another way you know okay and so what is there another park that you would say that has great hiking for anybody out there yeah um well I mean, Yosemite's got great hiking. Uh, Zion's got some great hikes, some really fun hikes. Um, 
what else comes to mind uh, in terms of hiking? I mean, a lot of, okay. I love, I love the Alaska parks because they're trailless mm. parks. Mm-hmm. So you really get a whole other level of, ex, of, of an experience when you have to like r- find your own route and all of that. And so that's a whole other deal. I, but I, I love that. So usually anywhere in Alaska is going to have some pretty incredible hikes as well. Do you have any tips for Denali? Cause I know we're looking into um, things to do in Denali and thanks to you and Colton, we're actually going to see the kind of dogs, the sled dogs oh, there. And awesome. uh, yeah, so I know you can only kind of go so far into the park before you have to like hop on a bus and, and whatnot. From your experience, do you have any suggestions? I would say hop on the bus. Yeah. And, and reserve, I don't know how you reserve these anymore, but reserve, um, if you're into backpacking, reserve a spot to go backpacking. What's cool about Denali is they give you your own unit. Um, whereas a lot of places just, you have to book campsites or whatever. They want to preserve that, that, uh, trailless system. So what they do is basically you reserve a big chunk of land. And so you're able to explore that whole chunk of land. And so what that does is it guarantees you're not going to see anyone else. And so I would say get out and uh, reserve, you know, a spot and, and backpack. Wow. Okay. I was unfamiliar with that. I will say, Hey, Hey there. (laughs) Who who do we have there? This is Ellie. Ellie. Um, Hi Ellie. Yeah. She's, she's, amazing but yeah she was just on a vlog with you too right yeah so the short story with that the the, i'm i'm working on a project with uh a new friend of mine and he has three golden retrievers or had three he let me take ellie out for the weekend to my portable cabin go camping and we had the best time uh and when i came back he he asked if i wanted to uh to take her home wow. because he has three, it was hard for him to spread the love between three goldens and give them enough attention and all that. And she, it, it was, it broke my heart. Honestly, when I got to his house, um, I opened the door to get her out and she refused to leave my car. <laughs> so, so we were, uh, yeah, we were meant to be. So now she's, yeah, she's, she's my doggy. That's great. Now he's got a good home and she's going to have some amazing experiences. That's oh, she are in two weeks. She's already had insane. Adventures. <laughs> That's why she didn't want to get out. She's like, I'm going to live the yeah. life of my dreams over here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm curious to know where someone like you gets all their gear as far as like clothes and, you know, hiking apparel and, and whatnot, where do you get your stuff? Um, well, t- to be completely honest, I was fortunate pre-Rock the Park, we would just wear whatever we happened to have. And we had whatever gear we happened to, to find. Um, since Rock the Park, I've been lucky. We, we got like sponsorships with uh, like Eddie Bauer and Arcteryx and all this stuff. So we were, we were gifted a lot of really good stuff. So full, full disclosure there. But what I've learned through that is the key pieces of gear that you really need. And um, wherever you can get that for cheap, I, you know, if that for you is REI or just online through the companies or whatever, um, 
I would say to, to, to just do some research. So the things that I recommend getting is a really good rain jacket. Um, mm-hmm. I do love Arc'teryx. They're very expensive, but they are worth it. Um, if you're out, you know, in the back country somewhere and it's, and it starts downpouring, you want to, it can be dangerous if you're not dry. And we've had rain jackets that just totally soaked through and, and we had some tough situations because of that. So like, I would say the items that you really want is a really solid pair of boots, a good rain jacket, rain pants. Um, and then, you know, just some, some quality layers, you know, um, they always say to avoid cotton, um, and get synthetic layers, um, stuff like that. But yeah, like I, I really think my biggest thing that is come in handy is my rain gear. That's a and great, boots. that's a great point. And it's funny. So I'm dating somebody now who worked at REI and okay, nice. for, for Christmas, she got me a nice rain jacket. <laughs> so there you there go. You go. I'm, I'm all, she, she probably, I mean, I wear some decent stuff, but she probably had a peek around. It's like, Hey, you can upgrade in a few areas. In yeah. Sick. So, that's great. What about like Merino wool and whatnot? Do you have like a bunch of Merino wool stuff and like socks or anything? I don't, I, I always just have, um, Colton always loved smart wool. And I have a lot of people who really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I always just kind of had whatever I had as far as socks goes. I just made sure to bring a bunch of different pairs, you know, so that if they do get soaked, you're okay. Uh, you can just switch to another pair. And then I learned a bunch of tricks for how to keep warm, you know, cause we've done a lot of stuff where we're out in negative degree temperatures, you know, so yeah. um, a lot of tricks there, but um as far as socks, I was just brought whatever long socks I had, basically. Okay. All right. And you're doing all right. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, After a while, you you learn. It's it's really, um, you want to set yourself self up for success, obviously, from the beginning, so you don't get into bad situations. But, like, after a while, you just kind of learn what what you need. Um, yeah. And it's, a lot of times, it's not necessarily, like, the top of the line stuff, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. And I'm, I'm curious to know if people, did you get to a point where people were recognizing you both when you were traveling around to these parks? I mean, you had the cameras around you, which probably helped a little bit, but besides that. Yeah, we did. Um, and we still do sometimes. Um, yeah, we do. It doesn't happen as often, but like, for instance, this was crazy. And this actually made me feel really good. (laughs) Um, just yesterday I was at church and this guy turns around and it's an old guy and he's like, congratulations. And my fiance and I were like, maybe he saw your wedding ring or whatever, or your engagement ring. Um, afterwards, he's like, I love your YouTube channel. And he never even heard of rock the park. He found me through my YouTube channel. And no so I was kidding. like, yeah, that was really cool. Cause most people know me from rock the park or whatever. And this guy had found me through YouTube. And so it happens every now and then. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Now I got to ask, did, when you saw my podcast name message you, did part of you kind of laugh a little bit and did that help in you responding to my message? (laughs) Actually, no, to be completely honest, I try to respond to everybody. So I, I just respond to everybody and I love doing these. So it, it didn't, but I did see it and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, cause I was watching a show. I messaged you on a Friday night and I just spent the night in and I was like, I'm going to watch another Alaska show is when you guys went to Portage Glacier. And okay. 
I'm watching this as like one, okay, great. I'm learning this. I'm taking notes. And two is like, hold on a second. Why don't I just reach out and see if he'll be a guest? And then I saw the name of your vlog right then. I was like, okay, well, well I, I got to lead in with that just yeah. a little bit, you know? Totally. Hey, and good on you. I will say this. Um, I, I have done that in certain situations. I, I reached out. There's this band that I've, I've loved forever that when they came to town, this was now like eight years ago, I reached out to the drummer just on Twitter. and was like, hey, thanks for coming uh, back to LA or whatever. And he ended up reaching back out saying like, hey, we have to meet. Turns out he had heard of our show somehow. Hmm. Um, and we met and now these guys are, are friends of mine. They're like my favorite band. They're friends of mine. They actually did our theme song for a few years of Rock the Park. And the oh, point so is, cool. is like, it reach out, you know, when, when you, uh, you know, when you reach out to people, a lot of times they reach back and cool stuff can happen. So you never know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have nothing to lose. And at the same time, like everything to gain. And I'm so exactly. interested. If I'm interested in watching your show, I'm more than interested in talking to you and get behind the scenes and learning sure. way more yeah. about you. So, and you're just, honestly, you are the epitome of what I created my podcast for. And I don't know, like, I'm super happy that you responded and I, and I got you here and it's, you lived a life. Like I said, you lived a life that a lot of people just see on the camera and they just don't know how you got there and your story. And I'm really happy well, to hear it. Yeah. And so I want to speak a little bit into that because I think nowadays I'm, I'm feeling more normal than ever in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm working on a project, which I'm, I'm excited to share about too, but, it, but I'm working a, a normal schedule now where I, I go to work, you know, basically nine to five. And um, it, I think a lot of people can, can live a lifestyle that they want to live simply through prioritizing what they want and finding ways to, to go after it. You know, that's how Colton and I got to doing what we're doing is on the weekends, you know, it'd be so easy to say like, uh, you know, what. Like, it's a four hour drive up to Glacier from, from Missoula. Like it, it's not worth it. No, we were like, heck yeah, let's mm -hmm. do it. Let's get mm -hmm. in the car. Um, it'd be so easy to also say like, Oh, we'll never get a TV show, you know, blah, blah. It's so hard, but no, we went for it. And, and, and so how that relates to my life now, it's like, I've seen that, like, uh, I, you know, the last time when I took Ellie out for the weekend, I packed up the car and after work, I hit the road and I drove up into the mountains and I spent a day and a half up there and it ended up being an amazing time. It would be so easy to say, why pack up, you know, all this crud mm -hmm. and spend an hour setting it up just to be there for a day and a half. Uh, it's not worth it. It's worth it. And so that's kind of how I've lived my life. It's like, if there's something you want, find a way to get it and not, not, you know, it may not be in the, the, the biggest way that you, you imagine it. Like, obviously I would love to have a cabin, right? Mm -hmm. Like here in California. So, you know, I thought, huh, how can I, how can I have that? Okay. I'm going to get this cool tent and set up all this stuff, you know, every time I go out and now I have a little cabin, it's not the thing that I thought I wanted, but it's, 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 it's what I got and, it, and it's amazing. And so I think that's my biggest thing for people who are trying to like live a life that they want. It's like find ways to do it and, and alter your expectations and be open to 
the process and the experience of, of figuring it out, you know, that's honestly the best advice I've heard in quite some time. And you seem genuinely happy as well, which makes obviously a lot of sense in the world too. So I'm definitely happy. I will say that. I also want it to be stated that I do. The reason my whole thing is the pursuit is happiness is, is that the minute you sit still and quit pursuing life is, is when, um, is, is when you start to become, um, I, I think discontent and you, and you stop chasing after, uh, when you stop chasing things in, in, in a healthy way, you know, chasing healthy, good things, mm-hmm. when you stop doing that is when um, it's easy to become um, bitter towards life and to lose track of like the blessings that you do have. And I want it to be noted that while I'm incredibly happy and I've been very happy for the last, you know, I, I would say, you know, 10 years or so, like consistently, I also struggle with, uh, clinical depression and anxiety. Mm. And so like, that's, uh, that's something I navigate, you know, I I have to navigate it every single day. And so um, happiness, you can sustain happiness and depression and have depression at the same time or anxiety and happiness at the same time. It's all about the choices that you make and the ability to be present in the journey and to, and to say yes to, and, and to learn to sit in, in the, the, the space that you're in and keep pressing on. And so I guess I, I've always wanted people to know that like you can live a happy life and, without feeling happy all the time. Mm. Um, because I think there's a, there's a, there's joy it, 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 uh, is an overarching thing that goes beyond happiness. I can be unhappy, but also like have joy in my heart, you know, and know that tomorrow I will be happy. Right. Um, happiness is fleeting, you know, um, but, but joy kind of permeates your life. And so I, it's, it's good to know that like, yeah, like you, we all go through for, go through tough times and, and that the happiness will return, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, unfortunately, you know, life is, um, yeah. you know, and then, you know, I appreciate you bringing up the whole mental health aspect. That's something I was going to ask you about because you have it on your website. Um, and I imagine being in nature is quite a way to combat, you know, anxiety and depression. What are your thoughts on that? It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a natural outlet. I mean, by, by nature, nature like makes us feel better because we're out there working our bodies, you know, you're seeing things that are very inspiring. So it gives us a, a natural lift. Um, it, it's great. And it, I think it really helps you connect to simpler things as well. And I think a lot of times, you know, especially when you're dealing with like clinical like actual anxiety that goes beyond just our normal worries on things um that's something that's a lot of times worked into your your brain chemistry um so getting out into a simpler space and 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 sort of stripping everything away it gives you a space to to work on these things to reflect on 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 these things and uh and hopefully have a safe space to um sort of push through them with that being said, though, I've had times where I've been out in the mountains and I'm feeling depressed and I'm just like, I'm in the mountains. Why am I feeling this way? I don't want to feel this way. And, um, 
and that's another lesson. If you lean into it, what I learned to do is, is be like, you know what? It's okay that I'm feeling, I can feel this way in the mountains. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times things are the, the expectations we put on ourselves, you know, it's like, I shouldn't feel anxious or depressed. And well, it's like, well, you do, you know, so let's, let's, let's learn to sit with that. Um, because it, it will pass, you know? Mm -hmm. So if we quit trying to flee it and learn to just sit with it, a lot of times that's, um, the key to learning to cope with it. And so while nature does give a general lift, sometimes it doesn't and mm -hmm. that's okay too. Yeah. I remember, um, having Holly Esler on almost a year ago, who's a clinical therapist. And I remember her saying, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And you just gotta exactly. remember that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I do know when I, you know, battle it with nature and I get out there at the end of the day, I usually feel much better. And of course, I love that you just said like, you know, go out and do it because sometimes I, you know, I do want to just sit around and just hang out. And then I ask myself, you know, like when was the last time I sat around and hung out and I look back a few years from now and remembered that weekend, yeah. it's the weekend that I went out and went camping like brought my dog is the weekend I'm going to remember. And totally. you know, that's when you make the memories. Um, now I watched your vlog. I got to ask you about your lady, Riley. Yes. Uh, congratulations. Thank um, you. That was awesome. So for people who are listening to this, go check out the vlog. You recorded the entire engagement. Um, yep. So I started working backwards. Um, I saw her on a few videos. How did you two meet? I got to ask you that. So it's pretty great. Uh, we actually met, we met online dating. We were both on, if anyone's familiar uh, the app Bumble, yep, which is the yep. one where I'm the, familiar. The, yeah, <laughs> I'm familiar. The ladies, the ladies get to reach out first, and she um, thought you were the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. She right? did, and then she was really <laughs> let down. <laughs> no, you know, this is something that I also had to learn. So, traveling as much as I did, I wasn't meeting people as yep. naturally because mm -hmm. you're gone all the time. Yep. So I really found my way into this online dating thing reluctantly. And I spent a few years on and off doing it. But I've always had this desire, yeah, to like meet my partner and to have a family and all that. So I never gave up. Um, I did. I mean, I took breaks, but I just kept trying. I went on so many bad dates and so many mediocre dates. But at the end of the day, the mediocre ones are just as awful because you're hoping for something, you know, Dude, amazing. Yes. I feel like we can have another episode on this. Trust me. I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been through all of this. I understand. It's, it's miserable, but it's, it's, I can tie it back into the whole thing I said about just getting what you want. It's like, keep trying, you know, mm -hmm. I, I kept trying. Um, and eventually, you know, they always say it only takes one person, you know, it's true. It's, it's sadly true. It, it is. is true. Um, you, you don't feel like it at the, at the time, but um, I ended up meeting Riley on there and things weren't ideal from the start. I, we were supposed to get together and I had a family emergency, which took me back to Minnesota. And so I had to text her and be like, Hey, I know we were supposed to get together tomorrow, but I have to leave town. I was like, I would love to keep talking to you and getting to know you. And she was like, yeah, sure. That's okay. And we kept talking and then we ended up FaceTiming and all that stuff. And finally, after like two weeks, got to go on our first date. But um, with that being said, uh, it was so great to meet somebody who's like, you know, 
actually interested in, in getting to know you, you know? Um, and so that's how we really connected was like, we both had this willingness to like, give it a shot, you know, even when like circumstances weren't ideal, like being in a pandemic and having family emergencies and all this stuff. And so, yeah, I guess the rest has been history. Where were you guys located when you connected? So I'm in Los Angeles. She lives out in River. She, she doesn't anymore, but she lived out in Riverside, which is actually like 70 miles away. So oh, when okay. we would get together, like I, there'd be times where I'd go over there just for a night to like go to dinner or whatever. And I'd be driving like 150 miles. It was insane. <laughs> With that being said, our first date, she lives closer to Joshua Tree. Our first date was actually in Joshua Tree. So that was As you wear cool. the Joshua Tree t-shirt. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Dude, that's awesome. When, when did you guys meet? I'm curious because I actually met my girlfriend in October during the pandemic. Oh, sweet. Yeah, October. So we met, we met in October. And we will be married in October of 2021. So it'll exactly have been one year, which for the record, I have, I've gone on a lot of dates. Um, I've had some relationships. I, it, it's true. The thing where, you know, it, and this, this timeline doesn't work for everyone. My sister's mm-hmm. engaged. They, she's been dating her, her fiance for 10 years. So everyone's timelines. Are everyone's different. different. No, yeah, absolutely. But it. the thing with us, it was like when you, when we knew, we knew, you know, so yeah, that's awesome. Here we are. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. I was wondering, like, cause I wonder that too, as a guy and, you know, I was single for a while and, you know, someone who you travel times 20, what I do, um, it's gotta be a little hard to maintain a relationship. Oh yeah. Do you hope to kind of bring her on some adventures in the future? Oh yeah. I mean, that's by by nature. That's just who we are. We're both very adventurous people. She loves all of that. So she's going to be a part of so many adventures just by, you know, the nature, just being my, my wife, my partner. Um, If we ever get back to doing rock the park again, we did talk because Colton's married as well of doing some sort of joint, you know, yes, do it. trip or episode. So, but no, and Riley's fantastic on camera too. So she's going to be in plenty of vlogs and stuff. Congrats, so. man. I'm happy for you. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I really hope you get to do rock the park again. You got to bring the ladies along and yeah, that'd be a great experience. Get the dogs in there too. <laughs> totally. I love it. I love rock the park. I it's, yeah, it's been a joy, you know, and I miss it a lot. So I, I, I hope we get to do something again. That'd be really great. How nervous were you when you were proposed to her? And did you think twice about putting it on camera? Um, so I, I was definitely nervous. I, I knew just from like, I helped another buddy propose and I shot video for them and photos and stuff. And so I knew that I wanted it recorded, mm-hmm. um, whether it was going to be on my YouTube channel that I didn't realize I shot <laughs> it I, what I've done since I was a kid. So I knew I was going to document it. Um, and I have fun doing that, but I was, yeah, I mean, I was nervous p- on pulling it off. I was confident in her answer, but um, I just, you know, you want it to be special. And yeah. so I, I was trying so hard to get it to be just like 
perfect. And so that's what the nerves really started to hit me right when it was about to happen. Um, <laughs> And so Do you remember that, what you said? Cause you were pretty composed when you were down on one knee talking to her. I imagine I'd be blacked out having no idea what was coming out of my mouth. It's funny. I just, I mean, I do remember basically what I said. Um, I had sort of, I, I had obviously thought it through, but just like you know, cause she was asking me before this interview, she was like, how do you have any idea what he's going to ask you? And I was like, no, she's like, how can you do that? I was like, I, I don't know. I've just done this enough. And I, I, I don't know. I know I can talk about things that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when it came to that, I don't know, maybe I've just done a lot of talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's true though. Um, yeah. Yeah. That like, I just, yeah, I just went for it and, I don't know. I, yeah, it turned out perfect. Dude, that's awesome. Like I said, for anybody listening, go check out the vlog. And uh, for somebody that loves adventures as much as you and love to travel, I'm curious, where is your honeymoon? Have you picked that out? Okay. So that's hilarious. People are going to be like, really? We actually decided because we do so much adventure that we want to, we wanted to go sit on a beach somewhere. I believe just, that. I believe yeah. that. Yeah like not do anything super adventurous because we do that all the time. And truth be told, um, so I've been going to this island uh, on the Gulf off the, off the coast of Florida for since I was born. My family has been going there forever. And they finally, a few years ago, bought this condo. And the two of us, to save money and to just like fulfill that, fulfill that desire of just like doing nothing, Mm-hmm. We're going, we're, we're honeymooning in Florida. It doesn't sound <laughs> as, as crazy as one would expect, certainly from me, but we're, we're super excited about it. And we know we're going to be traveling a lot. So yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Are you literally going to do nothing? Are you going to go like Disney at all or? No, we're just, we're literally, one of the fun nothing. things about this place is we're going to sit on the beach, sit by the pool. You can bike ride around the Island. There's, there's some nature preserves there and, um, yeah, really just kind of soak in the sun and yeah. Super I mean, cool. we'll probably, we're going to be there 10 days. My guess is we will probably get the itch to do something crazy. So yeah, dude, we'll I, I'm happy for you. Super cool. And honestly, I, I can't appreciate enough you coming on here, taking the time to do this, share your story. Um, I know I'm inspired and I'm sure you inspired many other people to just get out there and stop making excuses and go after what you want. I, I love it. I love your sweatpants too, by the way, that you got embroidered. Oh, <laughs> how do, I, how do I get a pair? Do you have apparel? Yeah. Talk yeah, about that. Are, where can, where can we get that? Um, so my, uh, yeah, if you go to my website, jackstewart.com, that you can go to the tab about the vlog and I believe the store link is there. And so there's all sorts of stuff. There's hoodies and the sweatpants and there's like a beach towel and stuff like that. It's funny. I created it just cause I wanted it. And I, a few people here, there have bought some, but I basically created it just so I could have it. Um, so cool. it's, it's there. So if people want it, go, go snag it. But, um, yeah, I appreciate the invite to be on here. This has been amazing. And like, it's so true. And I, I don't mean this to be like shaming for people of like, get out and just do it. <laughs> I don't mean it in that vein. I, I, I hope it does inspire because my point with all of this is that like, 
these things that you want, if they're, uh, you, you, you can do it. Like, and, and, and a lot of times the, the, the nature route, you know, going to national parks and wild places is a much more affordable way to get out and see the world because mm-hmm. yeah, all it takes is just packing up a car and, and buying some simple food to eat and, and a tent, you know? And so you can have the time of your life and go on incredible adventures and do it without hopping on a plane and without needing to book reservations at hotels. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really great. There's so much you can see and do and, and create memories to create with, you know, it's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, as totally. I get older and I'm sure as you get older, it is about making those memories so you can look back. And like I said, it's the things you did do that you look back on and just, you smile about, you know, absolutely. Like you can't ever get that absolutely. time back. You know, totally. totally. And so you just mentioned your website. So what about social media? Where can people find you on social? Social media? It's Jack F Stewart F as in Frank. So Jack F Stewart on Instagram, Twitter. I don't use Twitter as often. And then Facebook as well. I think if you just search my name, you'll find it. And then my YouTube channel, it's all on my website. So if you go to jackstewart.com, uh, you will find all that stuff. And I, I haven't announced this uh, because we're in the process of building it, but the project I'm working on right now is a brand that I've started with this friend called Urban Outsiders. Nice. It's actually going to be this glamping experience right here in Los Angeles where you can come spend a night in this amazing tent, this glamping tent with um, a fire and a jacuzzi and all these different things and go on adventures and come out on hikes with me and other things. So we're yes. building that right now. So that'll be coming soon, but it's, it's a really cool project that I'm really excited about. Dude, that is awesome. I'm excited yeah. for you. That's super cool. And yeah. Before, more info to come on that. So. That's so cool. And so what I'll do is I'll post all those links in the show notes. So people just scroll down. You'll be able to click on cool. that and go right to your website. Before I leave you, I have to ask based my girlfriend wanted me to ask you if you would be our tour guide in Denali. <laughs> she will pay your yeah. admission into Denali. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. I, hey, I, I actually am open to stuff like that. I've been doing some guiding, but yeah. No, that's hilarious. I, I mean, I would love it. I would love it. I mean, if you're serious, I will gladly send you the dates and uh, if, if we will pay for whatever we can afford to pay you for. But um, shoot, shoot, shoot me the dates and we'll see what we can do. But that's great. Otherwise, I'll give you as many suggestions as I can. We'll take either or. I'm sure we're happy with either. But um, you've been a pleasure. I'd love to stay in touch. Um, Absolutely. be following you, um, getting more tips and tricks for when I hit the road and places I go. I have a lot of more Rock the Parks to catch up on because there was a ton of episodes so, so yeah. every time I, every time I go somewhere, I'm going to put a few episodes on and learn. You guys uh, have been such an inspiration and it is educational. You do learn a lot and uh, you guys do some great things. So I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Awesome. Glad you had fun and we will keep in touch. Thanks a lot, Jack. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later. Thank you once again to Jack Stewart. That was an awesome conversation. I hope to have him back on again in the future to check on his pursuit is happiness to see how that's going for him and how his engagement and future marriage to Riley is going. But I'm happy for both of them. So I really hope to see them 
on a future episode of Rock the Park. Make sure you follow Jack on Instagram. Go check out his vlog on YouTube. And also follow me on Instagram at the Pursuit of Happiness Podcast. And my website is IamRyanMcGuire.com slash podcast. I'll catch you next time on The Pursuit of Happiness.